This copyrighted podcast of the James Perspective has been paid for and funded by James M. Wilkerson. Any rebroadcast, reproduction, or other use of this podcast are a permutation and combination of words and sentences used in this podcast without the express written consent of James M. Wilkerson and the James Perspective is strictly prohibited. We got the James and the, and the giant preacher, the entire cast today. Thank God. Glenn and Jim are FX. We got Doc live. We got the giant preacher live. How you doing, Chris? I'm doing well. <laughs> How about you? Doing well. You know, I, I say I, I I don't know why I'm just not thinking of telling this story, but this morning it was raining, and I don't like driving in the rain. Anybody knows me, I, I'll do it, but I'm not crazy about it, especially in the dark. And so I was noticing that I couldn't see out the back window, and I was and I was thinking, okay, it's something blocking me. After a while, I started smelling the smell, and thinking, man, something died in the car. And I realized I took the trash last night, forgot to take the can out, <laughs> oh. <laughs> and it's gonna have to sit in that car all day because oh. it's raining. <laughs> well, at least it's cold. <laughs> at least it's cold, and. Everybody could just say I've got dementia because I, I sure I left it there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, top that. <laughs> not gonna try. Not gonna try. Well, I'm sure there's a reference from Ghostbusters we can apply, but anyways. Yeah, I wanted to talk about whether or not we could eat the eat the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Yeah. Does the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man have a soul? <laughs> And is it morally okay to eat something with a soul? (laughs) My goodness, this is too heavy for me. (laughs) You know what? Maybe we could change the topic by you reading some scripture. Do you have some scripture you want to read? I thought you said you were going to talk about Luke. Oh, man, this is awkward. awkward. I'm not going to read. I'm going to go over the story real quick. (laughs) And then... uh, of course, as you know from uh, the texting, that we're going to go into something from this that's going to be interesting, and it should be uh, top of the mind awareness for all Americans today. What's happening on the college and university campuses, and so Jim will probably really lead us into that. He's the expert on what's happening. Uh, <laughs> but I would the expert considering this, but yes. But, yeah, uh, luckily, nobody's going to consider the guy who left the trash can in the car mm-hmm. as an expert in anything. I so. mean, that was terrible. <laughs> I mean, that's dementia setting in. <laughs> and I'm not oh. going to. I'm going to start. First, there's trash in your car. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you go from there? You start to do a lot of references about 80s movies that no one gets. Yeah. It won't be it's three weeks. It won't be three weeks from now before he's walking here. <laughs> okay, let's move it to where it needs to go. Okay, that would be Luke chapter 10. It would be from uh, verses uh, 29 through 37. It's a scripture that's been preached uh, many, many times. I'm not going to go over the tradi- traditional uh, setting of the scripture Um I'm going to go with a double reference to that scripture, and that is that uh, Jesus is the good Samaritan. But when when you look at the 
man that left Jericho, he's on his way to Jerusalem. He really represents all of mankind, the human race. And he's going down Jerusalem, Jerusalem, uh, actually uh, from Jericho to Jerusalem, he, he, he was going downhill. And uh, many times uh, we find ourselves at certain stages of our life that we're going down in our relationship as far as our relationship with the Lord God. And uh, he fell among thieves and they left him. I think it's interesting that the scripture said they left him half dead because Adam and Eve were still alive, but dead spiritually. Their relationship with God was, uh, it was, they were dead in a relationship to God, but uh, they were still alive as human beings. And of course we know uh, their, their failure. And so the enemy in the form of the serpent caused them to be half dead. And that's what it says about the, this, uh, this fellow that fell among thieves, that he was a Samaritan. And uh, hold, hold on he was a half second. dead. Hold, hold on a second. Somebody that's on the phone side is breathing heavily into the mic. It sounds like that they're dying. <laughs> I heard that, and it wasn't me. No, it, it could be me because I was slurping some coffee. My bad. Oh, yeah, it came it was Disgusting. What's up? Yeah, it, well, from, from from our side, I, I can't wait for the people to hear that. It's like um, it sounded like you might have been, I don't know. <laughs> it sounded like it was bored. <laughs> like you, it's like you say, I wish you get out of it. I don't want to see Glenn get that out of the podcast. No, I, I, would, I would rather you keep it in. I think it's the opposite flavor. Okay. I'll, 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 I'll synthesize it and make it louder. There you go. <laughs> Was it, is it PJ's coffee from Houghton? It's unfortunately not. It's some, it's some coffee from Houghton, but I don't want to it. We sure. sure do miss that PJ's coffee from Houghton. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> All right. Yeah, I only have so much time. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're wasting time right now. Oh yeah. And who caused that? No, that wasn't my slurping. <laughs> so there he is, laying there half dead in the ditch, bleeding and dying on the Jericho Road. And so along comes the priest. He passes by on the far side of the road, and then comes the Levite. He passes by on the far side of the road. Now remember when we look at uh, the good. Uh, when we look at this fella down in the ditch, we realize that uh, he's like half dead, which we've already mentioned, and we've tried to show you uh, what what that could mean as far as uh, a double reference of the scripture. And so along comes the Samaritan, and he goes he goes down into the ditch. He pours in the oil and the wine. Well. Remember, I said that that's kind of like Jesus. I mean, he he came down on this earth. He was willing to get down off uh, his horse and get down into the ditch and pour in the oil and the wine. And some people believe that's symbolic of uh, uh, s- salvation and, and and the blood of Jesus. The wine representing the blood of Jesus. The the oil representing the the Holy Spirit. Then he gets him up out of the ditch. He pours in oil and wine. He gets him up out of the ditch, puts him at his on his own horse, and takes him on to uh, Jerusalem or to an inn. And that inn can represent the church. 
Jesus is the founder of the church. It wasn't any denomination. It was Jesus that founded the church. And it was founded upon the confession, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So when he gets him to the end, it's very interesting because he, he leaves two pence. Two pence is two days' wages. So he pays the innkeeper up front. But he tells the innkeeper, he said, I want you to keep him. And he said, if we owe more, when I get back, I will pay that. Now, the scripture says a day is a thousand years and a thousand years is a day as far as the Lord is concerned. Isn't it interesting that we've been about 2,000 years from the time that Jesus walked this earth? And he has put all of us, when he has poured into oil and wine, we are supposed to be in a church. The church is the body of Christ. Jesus is the head. You should not be separated from the body of Christ. If you're not in some local church, you are separated from the body of Christ, and you need to get yourself in a church soon. And so it's interesting that he left two pence, two days' wages. A day is a thousand years. A thousand years is a day. And Jesus said, if, if I don't get back here quick enough and we owe something else, that will be taken care of also. So the whole story is that uh, it's time for the coming of the Lord. And all you have to do is look at Israel. And when armies are surrounding Israel, we're supposed to know that the time is close. We're, we're, and that's the coming of the Lord. And uh, I don't know if this is it or if it's coming later. Also, there's something about Israel that is so precious to God they are the children of Abraham. There's all kinds of promises made to them. But I also want to remind them and ourselves that not only was the promises made to them, but actually when we are born again, Abraham becomes our father. I always tell people I'm a Louisiana Jew. Because you see, when you're a born again believer, I don't care if you're a Baptist or Methodist or Catholic or what you are, you are uh, in the family of Abraham. You are special to God. God says that if you if you uh, uh, poke Israel, if you come against Israel, it's like poking him in the eye. God doesn't like that. We've already seen in Israel their miraculous uh, restoration in 1948. And we've, we've seen the six-day war. We've seen the miracle hand of God whenever their enemies try to come against them. We see that every time they fight, they don't lose land, they gain land. And I'm praying that there's going to be a supernatural show of God's hand for Israel during this period of time. The thing that frustrates me and the thing I don't, I don't understand is how that we have got so many young people in universities and colleges that somehow stand against Israel. A very dangerous position. I want to say it again. A very, very dangerous position. You don't mess with Israel. Just like uh, you don't mess with Zorro's cape or ever how that goes. <laughs> don't go out. You don't tug on Superman's cape. I knew you wouldn't you know. You don't that spit in the wind. Yes. You don't pull the mask off Lone Ranger and you don't mess around with Slim. With who? Slim? Mm -hmm. Who is Slim? That's who the in that song. But it's good, isn't it? <laughs> and it's the same way with Israel. 
So I think yeah. all of us as born again believers, we need to pray that there's a supernatural aspect to this battle uh, against the the enemies of Israel. And uh, so, uh, Jim, I'm going to kind of turn it over to you so that you can kind of uh, tell us. Can we get a quick slurp right, on that coffee? There you go, Jim. Yeah, yeah. Put your coffee down. Why is it that your, your generation and Doc's generation, I'm not blaming you too because you guys are uh, children of Abraham. You are you are Louisiana Jews. You're a Texas Jew right now. But, but, what, but tell us why Louisiana Jew. The comment, trust me. What did he just say? I, I did. Yeah. And there was a lot of cut, cutting in and out because of more people on, on speakerphones. Yeah. Tell, tell us again, Glenn, what you said. I'm going to use the word sometime this week. This, I'm going to say I'm a Louisiana Jew. Somehow, uh, yeah. So, okay. Yeah, that's gonna that's that's gonna enter all our vocabularies. I think. Yeah. So we are descendants of Abraham. Yes, because because of Jesus Christ. Okay. All right, Jim. Take yeah, it away. Well, he, you know, you said that you were going to somehow connect the Good Samaritan to somehow. college kids protesting on campus, and you miraculously did that. I think that that's the biggest miracle of the day so far <laughs> <laughs> so and so um yeah no like i i agree with you uh, it seems pretty silly to protest against israel at this point in time well, i mean you know all right, go ahead doc i don't know you're good go well i mean it's, it, this is not going to be deep I, mm-hmm. i'm not saying anything deep either it, was, it, 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 tells, it tells you how Evil can blind people because what the atrocities that Hamas committed against the Israelis is beyond anything it's demonic. that's even close to me of seeing ever. And it's so obvious that that was wrong. And Hamas videoed it so we could see how evil they were. They wanted us to see how evil they were trying to create terror and horror. And they and the United States press won't acknowledge the evil that Hamas is trying to advertise. It is absolutely insane, insane to me. Well, we've got Democrats that hold that. Well, I, I, I'm just saying this. All of them, everybody that is in the United States that is supporting Hamas here and making Israel the, the enemy, at least say, you may want Israel back. You may think that they've stolen the land from you, but these war atrocities are are beyond anything I've ever seen. I had to quit watching. Uh, I, I know. I, I, I hate to even hear about it. I hate to even imagine it. I tried but to watch you, it. You do understand. Everybody on the podcast right now, do you understand that, that Hamas was hopped up on drugs also? I didn't, I didn't know that. Captain Gone. Captain Gone. I mean, I would... Mm-hmm. It's a drug they use and they have most of their fighters addicted to that uh, basically it breaks down the barrier of what normal humans would do. They have it no fires you up. Yeah. And it's it's this is the report. And it fires you up. It's a synthetic um, amphetamine, but it has the ability to 
you know, someone wouldn't normally do something or couldn't because it would just sicken them too much. Right. It breaks that barrier apparently. That, that's the uh, that's the Manson family. That's what that's what Texas like Texas. That's what his argument was: is they were on they were so LSD is what they they were, they were on amphetamines as well mm-hmm. for sure. Like yeah. That's that's what he he specifically talked about. They were yeah, I knew they were on LSD, but uh, he specifically talks about uh, some amphetamines that they were on to basically it, it removes any like conscience from you. So My drug like, of choice is mushroom tea. And low dose mm. amphetamines, Vyvanse. <laughs> low dose amphetamines, good, good for the office. Yeah, I like I like coffee and green tea. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I I I am amazed. I really am amazed. Even I didn't expect this country to act like this. Even even I was shocked to see Harvard students uh, protesting in in, in tearing down. Uh, Israeli flags that had the victims of, of names underneath them and to get out and, you know, how, how dare them step in front of a Cal State um, UC, USC football. That's like that's like interrupting a official function of government. But I, I, what were they protesting? The Hamas. They were pro Hamas. that Pro Hamas. Yeah. What, what do you think the source of like of. Anti-Semitism is like I'm going to give the two easy examples, but it's Nazi Germany and, and this like like where does that? Well, and KKK, I know that it exists everywhere. Yeah, KKK. no, no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. So I was just given two. I know there's countless. Like I mean, uh, but yeah, where does that where does that come from? I mean, I, I, is it just because it's a it's the ultimately ends up being the Christian God? Like, what's the what do you think the source of it? for for this for Israel? It's because it's a symbol of European oppression. That's how they see it. There you go. That's they why see Israel that. That's Say why that the expert. Okay. But we can really uh, trace this back to the Bible, can't we, Jim? Anti- Are you talking about the current Semitic? hatred toward Israel? All, all, all hatred of Jews. Yeah, I mean this. Goes, yeah. Well, I, mean, I don't. I, wouldn't, I, I, wouldn't I agree with you on the hatred of Israel like. and with how how Hitler hated the Jews. I wouldn't. I wouldn't lump that in. Yeah. Together, that that's too why simplistic not? for me. Yeah, I want to know why not. Because this is this is something different. This is a different motivation. First, Israel wasn't a country whenever Hitler was oppressing Jews, and then second, the the territory of Israel and what it stands for. These liberals truly see it as a sign of European oppression. So, no, I wouldn't lump the two in there together like that. That makes sense to me. I don't. It doesn't justify it. It yeah. doesn't justify the hatred toward Israel. I'm just saying that the why, reasons are completely different. Why would this little bitty piece of real estate be of all the things that Europe has done to quote oppress people in India and Australia and you know even the United States? You could say the only thing that 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 Europe is getting blamed for, where people are shooting each other and murdering babies, and is is Israel. You're going to say yeah, that, but that you, all, you know that, all, you know that symbols, all, symbols are more powerful than landmass. So but why is Israel? Israel's a, Israel's a symbol, you know. Why is it a symbol? I don't know. That people made it a symbol because that because you the can, same reason that that, that 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 Russia killed the Jews, and the same reason that 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 Hitler killed the Jews, and the same reason that we chased them out of Ferdinand killed the Jews. That's the same. It's not, reason, it's, it's not the, the same, same reason, reason that we kicked them out of all these places. Well, it's, well, it's always well. We're talking about why college campuses are upset too. We're not talking about why Hamas is is committing atrocities. Like why would a, why uh-huh. would the average college student 
be upset with Israel or side against mm-hmm. Israel. But any other Israel, any other supposed European oppression met with that kind of horror, they would have taken the side of the people who had been victims. Why are they not? Why are they? They say, oh, well, it's OK that we kill these type, these particular ones. I don't know how many. I mean, I don't, I don't know how many college kids are actually like if you look at the percentage, it's probably less than one percent of the they're just loud. The one you're seeing. Every, oh, oh every I instance. see what you're saying. I think it's demonic influence. I, I agree. No, no, I completely agree. But I'm, I'm just saying I, I don't think that it's like the majority of college students or anything like that. Like I, there's not very many people that are supporting. There's not very many college students that are supporting Hamas in this in the grand scheme of things. Well, I think I think in in Ruston, hardly any of them know what's going on. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. I think I think the majority would be like that. So that's why I I can kind of agree with what Jim's saying on with just this particular instance is, yes, like there does seem to be when I would like to get into that. Why over history Jews seem to be persecuted? But um, I think right now that does make sense. It's like there's. There's going to be some brainwashed liberal art, liberal arts people that are like, this is this is European colonization. They're going to focus on this one thing, and it's in the news all the time. So like, they're it's easy to focus on it. Plus, this isn't the only thing they get mad about. Yeah, I mean, but but in this instance, with the atrocities that took place, I cannot see that that one issue yeah. was enough to override yeah. the horror of cutting off babies' heads. They, they're probably not watching them. Putting them in, okay. you, you, baking them. But baking they're, pro- them. they're probably not watching that either. Slow burning they, them. They're probably not watching. I have to watch those videos. They're probably not watching those videos. You think they're watching torture videos? I think that people are going to Harvard probably know. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think you they think have an awareness them. of what happened. Yeah. yeah. But but I, I, I don't get it. I but there's always been, I mean, just open your Bible. There's always been a rage against Israel. Yeah. The, and, and it's. And it's, Jews. And Jews. Wherever they are. Wherever they are. When I, when I say yeah. Israel, I'm pretty well talking about Jews. I will they, say this. I do want to say this. The one thing that the Jews should be persecuted for is American theater. They destroy. Yikes. It. There it is. It's <laughs> <laughs> very interesting. <laughs> No, I'm joking. <laughs> that was tongue in cheek. Usually, that was a perfect response. When I've got a thought and, and, and I'm on the verge of expressing that thought, yep. and you come up with that, and I'm blank now. Yep. <laughs> Except for you've got to understand back in the Bible days, they're always surrounding uh, Israel or the Jews, and they're always trying to wipe them out. Yes. And and they've always got a, a way of winning. And Abraham, uh, the first Jew, you might say, he uh, he had a, he he had his own army, and he went out and defeated. And many times they've got Israel surrounded, but many times Jehovah God comes to their rescue. Hmm. You know, you know, it's funny. When I was a kid, my parents were pro-Israel. And they understood the persecution of Jews was something that was biblical. So I came up with this favorable view of the Jewish people and, and, and Israel. And the first time I re- I was I was wondering where it came from. But the first time I heard any reference to hating Jews, I shouldn't have been watching this movie. Do, do not recommend uh, Porky's. Do not watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Another movie reference. Okay, thank you. Do you, do you remember the the, the the old 
guy who could who was uh who was beating on his kid and he hated he hated Jews. Remember that? And yeah. and he he did a a dirty ditty about Jews. You know, he said these are the people from Abraham. They 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 cut their and they eat no ham. I I I, re, I know I remember that it, it occurred. It, why does this guy hate Jews? I couldn't get get it. It's but it, the only explanation for it to have lasted this many years is that there's a spiritual warfare mm-hmm. and they're right in the middle of it. Yes, I agree. That's the only thing that makes also sense. I think um, the Jewish people have been, in my opinion, they just they. <laughs> They're the ultimate, well, that didn't work. Let's do it. People. In other words, they get shut down mm-hmm. wrongly. They don't focus on the wrong. They focus on, okay, how can I make this work if I can't buy land? Because you know, that's if I can't one farm, example. I'll be a financer. If I can't be a financer, I'll Yeah, if, I, if yeah. I can't do this, where is my way in to still be successful and feed my family? And I think that's breeds a jealousy that they just keep <laughs> rolling over and doing better. Um, it, it, you know, if you look at this whole, you know, creation of Israel, a lot of the problems really started when the, uh, the Jewish people went in and bought the land to farm. They didn't take it. <laughs> they actually bought it. Uh, from the Palestinians most of the time. Yeah, that's how and, the original settling, settling took place was that Israel, uh, Jewish people were going into it, to Palestine and buying land. Well, the, the Bible says that there would come a time that they would be uh, scattered to the uttermost parts of the earth. And that's what happened over generations. And, and that was kind of... Uh, oh, you know, when you go back, I mean, uh, Jews, they, they, they killed the Messiah. They killed the Christ. Uh, yeah, I heard that one before yeah, too. Yeah. yeah, and so with in 1948, when after the uh, uh, World War II, the powers that be got together and they said, "Let's make a place for the Jews." And all they had to do was go to the Bible, and they could find out from the Bible what the what the uh, markers were for the uh, nation or the state of the Jews, and and that's that's what they did because uh, they were definitely in the four corners of the earth during that period of time because um, they were being persecuted. And so they began to come back to Israel, uh, a tremendous uh, migration of Jews to Israel from just about every country. Um, Jim, I, 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 I wanted to get my rant in. That's what we do here on the James Perspective. I got my rant in. Um, mm-hmm. Go ahead, and now that my blood pressure is back down, <laughs> let's uh, explain what you're talking about. The Harvard, the Ivy Leaguers, they're upset about European oppression. What are you talking uh, about? Well, essentially what Chris was just talking about um, right now is that after World War II, European powers got together. They decided they were going to divide up the Middle East in certain ways, including Israel, and that they formed Israel artificially and forced this thing to happen whenever really nobody ever wanted it except a small group of Zionists. That was the Balfour Revolution you were talking about after World War I, is that right? Uh, no, we're talking about 
we're, I think we're talking. So there was there was partition after World War One, but then we get into World War Two and we start talking about Israel and having a place for them in the Middle East, which is you know the where Israel currently is. And so the history that they're getting, really, I think I'm I'm not necessarily sure how correct this is, but it seems to have made big waves in the. Uh, academic community is a book called States of Separation, and it goes into this, and there, there's a lot of good history in that book, but I'm sure that people misuse it and abuse it to justify their stance against Israel. And so the argument is, is that European powers have artificially made this thing, they've used it as a strong point to, or as a foothold in the Middle East and to oppress the Middle Easterners. And so it's not just that it's some artificially made up landmass that's very tiny. It's that this is still a symbol of ongoing European oppression. And the Israelites who are there are supporting this and they need to be con- condemned. And, uh, and the Palestinian-Israeli conflict is a smaller picture of the that represents the larger picture. It is, even though it might just seem like a tiny little conflict between two peoples that aren't really that large, either in population or landmass, this is more than just that. It's a symbol of the oppression that's going on for years and years and years by the European powers. And so they're getting that information fed into their heads. And it's not really historians that are feeding them that information. It's, uh, it's people who are sociologists and uh, mm. things like that who are they've read history books but then they just take theories and run away with it and they'll casually tell students this and then students get this in their brains they're like absolutely israel's evil and so that's why they're protesting on campus that's my opinion there 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 could be well there there is i agree with the demonic influence thing too i but it could be that demonic influence is like this is how it's this is like the foothold that essentially the devil's using is is like okay this is European oppression so the devil's using this foothold to to make people act irrational. Is this the only place that Europe is oppressing people? No, but it's the best symbol that liberals can latch onto. That's that's what it seems like. It's a pretty open and obvious. It's a pretty open and obvious symbol. So if you attack it, conservatives will readily go on the side of Israel, and that's exactly what they want. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't, like we should definitely be on the side of Israel. I'm just saying that that's what the liberals want. And so they want something that will, for lack of a better word, trigger the conservative side. And this will do that. They, they can't go to Latin America, really, because nobody <laughs> conservatives, I don't think, are too familiar with the issue, nor would they really care. What are we talking about? We talking about we talking about um, Argentina? Why? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, being said. being Nazified. We we could talk about Argentina. We could talk about any of the Central America republics about how far how far south that is going. I mean, I think there was a big splash in the seventies and eighties whenever they were like historians were able to write history books on it and sell books because people were interested in that sh- short period of time. But it's been nothing like the longevity that Israel has. The subject of Israel, you could always write a history book on that. I mean, that's a popular subject oh, that you oh, can write on and sell books. I got you. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't understand what you were getting at. Okay, I got you. Mm-hmm. And so I think that 
because because everybody's liberals know that conservatives are interested in this issue, they know that they could get a rise out of them. But that's not the only reason. I think that they have legitimate internal reasons for protesting against Israel. I'm not necessarily saying that these are right reasons. I'm saying that they're not just doing it so they can get a rise out of conservatives. They're also doing it because I think they believe in it. Well, they've been taught to believe in it, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, by, you know, I remember this vividly when I was in college. I was taking political science. And uh, our teacher, who was a very uh, likable fellow, uh, he said one day, he said, well, as you get smarter, you get more liberal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I went, that brain damage. <laughs> but, but think about it. At the time, this was, you know, well, when was I coming up? In the 80s and 90s. Um, and so I think it's cool to do this. That's what they've done. They've made it cool. If you're enlightened, if you're smarter than everyone else, you are going to support Palestine because they've been oppressed. But that's really, you know, not true at all as far as, you know, Hamas has oppressed Palestinians. It's oppressed them. Um, you know, the, the, what do they call it? The authority, the Palestinian authority has abused, uh, Palestinians. They're the ones that, you know, when the president, current president of the Palestinian authority said, uh, yeah, we'll have, you know, people don't think I'm, I'm doing good. Let's have an election. They have this weird government that allows for a call for an election at certain times. And then when he found out he was going to lose, he said, oh, never mind, let's not have elections. And they haven't had elections in years. Um, we haven't had them here know, either. <laughs> True. Well, I agree, but not even the facade of an election. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, otherwise it won't be able to talk if I don't say that. Anyway, <laughs> um, but, yes, if, you, you know, you look at that, it's just weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It is. It, I agree. It's, it's strange how that the whole world has been arrayed against Israel. I mean, everybody's against them except for the United States, and uh, and our current president is not pro-Israel. No, he's playing some kind of game that I haven't figured out yet. Well, it's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting to say because because again, um, regardless of what book you've read how much you believe that Israel doesn't belong there. And that's a sign of oppression. Everything's a sign of everything is triggers somebody these days, no matter how much you believe that. And I'm going to say, let's suppose that you believe it with all your heart, that Israel should be wiped off the face of the earth. That Nasser said it. And I mean, I'm, just, I'm paraphrasing him here, but he said it in the six day war, even though we lost this one, I'm telling you, I'm telling you that Israel will not be allowed Ultimately, time will wipe them. Well, I'll say it again. Israel has ancient boundaries that they're ancient. They go way back. And it proves that that is their land. There have been oppressors that have tried to take it away from them for generations. And it will continue until Jesus comes back. And when Jesus comes back, he's coming back to Israel. And the New coming, Jerusalem? Yeah. And, and well, that's that's over in Revelation. 
Uh, um, I'm not sure exactly what the New Jerusalem is, but it comes down out of heaven as a bride adorned for a husband, and it sits upon the nation of Israel. Okay, and 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 I agree with you. I mean, I, 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 I you know, from a biblical standpoint, I believe that absolutely. But for the purpose of of trying to understand what these college students are doing, and they are definitely hurting themselves and are still willing to do it. I think they're hurting their employment opportunities and everything. And these they're guys, poking God in the eye. And and big donors are leaving the the. You're, they're not given to the, the Ivy Leagues. There's been a, a move that we shouldn't be giving any money to them anyway. You know, right. I, I, that, oh, yes. They've been for a long, long time. But I want to go back to this, though. Again, let's just suppose that Jim is right, that they read these history books and they became passionately anti-Israel. They haven't read the history books. They've listened to people who've read the history books who aren't historians <laughs> relaying that history book to them. Okay. Let's suppose <laughs> that however they got there, they really, truly believe Israel needs to be gone. The, for them to overlook these atrocities is nothing short of a bad miracle, a, 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 a evil, evil working that that there's nothing else can explain that they overlooked this. Yes. Again, I, I think that if you go to the normal tech student, they barely know something's going on in Israel. I'm, a, I'm not saying I'm OK with that. You would think in college they should start being aware. Right. right. But these Ivy League schools, they're aware. They know, and they've seen the they, – well, they they probably – what do you think? They just don't look I, at them? I, I have a good – I have a strong feeling that the people that were protesting on the, at the, on the field, I have a – I would be shocked to know that they've been just watching those torture videos. Yeah. I've been like, yeah, screw Israel. <laughs> I, I think – like, again, I, they're wrong, and I do believe there's demonic influence with this, but – I don't think that they're watching these like cheering on Hamas. They are they are cheering on Hamas in a war. They're siding with Hamas in what they view as a war, not not watching mm. children get. Did you, know, did you notice? Yeah. That, did you notice that three of the twelve that were on the, the center field, you know, half midfield? Did you notice that three of them had purple hair? I and I was going to say this like like we're talking about how crazy it is that you know they're hurting employment opportunities. You, I, I would imagine that the percentage, but seriously, like, I, like I'm, uh, I would imagine the percentage that are are pro Hamas on those Ivy League campuses have had, have either had or strongly considering gender transition transition surgeries and stuff like that. Like, they're not making. This isn't the first like mistake. Mistake. Yeah, we can say, uh, like they're they're all lost. Like this isn't. It's not like these are are people in churches that are that are rising up against against Israel like no these are lost people mm-hmm. that are I also think that this is the low hanging fruit yeah that, that we're going after if we're, we're going after 18 and 22 year old college kids like yeah they're sinning you know we could call it that mm-hmm. we could say that they're making terrible choices going against Israel and supporting Hamas but they're also highly ignorant and lost and they're not going to be able to form that's why they're protesting they're not debating they're not going to be able to form a coherent argument because like I said, they're hearing something that's been watered down so much because it's passed through a filter and they've never read the history on Israel. And I would, and so, I would expect mm-hmm. an Ivy leaguer to know better than that. As the only sociologist on this podcast, I, <laughs> I, I, uh, I do. I'm going to tell you that I would not be even remotely surprised if those Ivy league sociologists have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah. And, and I would like to also put something else out there. Um, I had a video sent to me of uh, Eric Weinstein, who is a 
mathematician and Sam Harris, who is a neuroscientist, who are talking about the Israel-Palestinian conflict. That's just insane. You have a mathematician and a neuroscientist, both of whom are not experts on this thing, talking about this thing like they are experts, and this is getting five million views or whatever it is. Who, these guys aren't these guys aren't the people you need to be listening to. The people you need to be listening to and reading are a lot more boring. And they make this subject a lot more complicated because reality is a lot more complicated than what these people are doing. Just, but I think that that's what people are listening to. Now, Sam Harris and Eric Weinstein are going to be given more of the conservative side of things. But I'm going to tell conservatives that if you're watching them, you're also doing the wrong thing. You're doing what the liberals on the other side are doing. They're so going to listen. James' perspective off, too. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they're, go- they're going to go listen. They're going to go listen to people who are not ex- experts on the matter because experts on the matter are not going to make this very digestible for people who are not necessarily interested in long term in what's happening in Israel. They're only interested in Israel whenever it becomes popular to be interested in Israel, and they can't handle the loads of inf- information that's coming from historians on the subject. So instead, they go to to people who are not experts on the subject who simplify it, way oversimplify it, and give them a distorted version of what's happening over there. And so they get this belief from them. I got you. So this is what's, this is what's going on. Those those historians he's talking about, the ones that have written, back off, man, I'm a historian. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But the historians aren't doing that. I mean, they could try to do that, but historians are notorious for writing um, – Junk. For writing very, very dense books that are yeah. not accessible to I the I can tell by talking to you and Dad about uh, about anything, really. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We, we, they, they, we definitely have a problem with that. And that so, crossed my mind. But I wasn't going to say it. I'm not in the family. <laughs> you say they were laborious at times? So, so just out of curiosity, uh, I, I know that we're not supposed to care about what they talked about because you just, you just gave a rant about that. But uh, who was <laughs> – Sam, you said Sam Harris was on the conservative side. Like they were on, they were. He was pro-Israel. Sam Harris was definitely pro-Israel. I mean, wow. you know how much he doesn't like his uh, religion. Yeah. As well. Oh yeah. And yeah. That's so, true. Never mind. I forget. I, and yeah. so, and then Eric Weinstein, gave, he gave this hilarious proposal. Like, how about you give the land to the Palestinians, and then, but with the condition that. If you guys rape, we take this land back. If you guys do this, we take this land back. If you guys do this, we take this land back. And Sam Harris, it was kind of funny how Sam Harris just took that idea apart. It was like, are you insane? <laughs> you know? so, that was one of the uh, worst ideas I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, was, it was a terrible idea. Well, I mean, it would last about 30 seconds is what he said. Yeah. Right, right. But it was at that moment where I was like, why am I listening to Sam Harris, a neuroscientist, and a mathematician talk about Israel? Sam Harris also doesn't believe in free will. So. Men who stare at goats. Yeah. yeah. And, so, and so that's what I'm saying about the protesters. Is that whenever I say they're getting it from a sociologist, they probably really are. They're none, of, none of the serious historians are out there on the football field. Let me say this. There are some things that I'm going to overlook. I am. I'm going to say, okay, that has youth. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just going to be like Dallas. If it's your kid, you've got to say, no, I don't care what the world says. Sleeping around is not the way we're going to do things here. I don't care if that's mm-hmm. what I did. We're not going to do that anymore. That's I, I will overlook some things and say, okay, well, they're growing up. And we're gonna, but if you are out there protesting right now on 
on behalf of Hamas, you are evil. And yes. you need to you need to you need to look you need to figure out what's going on because I don't think that this is just kids being kids. I, I don't I don't think it's kids being kids. I think they're being I think they're being misled. I absolutely yeah, that's not what he's saying. I absolutely believe there's demonic influence. Like I I'm not <laughs> I'm not even really giving him a pass. Like if you're gonna take a stance on something like this, especially if you're in an Ivy League, but I also think that we have too high a standards for those Ivy Leagues right now. Like like we're gonna act like those kids are are like yeah, they may have scored well on the Helicopters the test. can only go so high. Yikes. Um <laughs> Yikes. You need to you talk to the professors about that. Like like if you want to talk about there being a problem, you're talking about the ones that are brainwashing these kids. I was in the classes again. Like I'd say it as a joke, but I am the only sociologist in here. I had I had multiple. I had three professors that were openly Marxist. Like they they did they were self described openly Marxist. So like and you think about this 18 year old who's going to this class of a of a teacher who a professor who's openly Marxist. Like yeah, of course they're gonna they're gonna go in and just. Well, blindly uh, these things. how did this happen when most of the uh, schools like Yale, Yale and others, uh, they started out as uh, seminaries, actually. Right. And how did it happen that now all over this nation, right here at Tech, there there are communist professors? Jim, did this did that start slipping before the um, the the. Um what do you call that period? The, um, the liberal period in the late 1800s, early progressive era, yeah, progressive era. Did that, did that, is that when it started or did they start having, I, I'm not familiar with how the rise of liberalism in university started. Okay. But and I'm not familiar with what the timeline is. But he's right. Unfortunately, something, something happened where they went from a very conservative Christian base to it not being, and I have bumped on it a few times. I just can't remember exactly when it started. I want to say, I want to say that by the time the the, the anti-slavery movement started, that they had already started moving away. So it may have been as early as eighteen, early eighteen hundreds that they started their slip. Uh, now I'm wait. Now I don't want to say that they were wrong to oppose slavery. They were very right to do that. I was that. wondering about that. That came out wrong. That definitely came out wrong. I'm just saying, was that when they quit being when they quit being? Were sometime. They quit being Christian oriented. I know that can't be wrong. I don't I, no, You know, anybody knows you, me. I can't. The, the thought of being a slave is one of the most horrible things yes, I can yeah, think of. Yeah. And so I've, anybody knows me, I'm, I'm anti-slavery. Well, actually, actually. Uh, put that on a, put that on a t-shirt. Over and over and over. If you go to the coal camps of West Virginia and you go back into the 30s and 40s. And I talked to an old man when I pastored in that region. And he's laying on a cot or a bed, and he's telling me, he said, man, you don't know what it was like here. He said, you don't know what it was like. He said, they would come down. If you said you were sick, you stayed home for the mines, they'd send men down and drag you out of the bed and drag you up to the coal mines. There's things that happen that, at least one other thing that, that I won't even speak of, there were terrible things that happened. And, of course, the unions came about, and the unions did good uh, over a period of time. And then it's debatable how much good they've done since then. Well, as soon as uh, to me, to me, that's an easy one. When unions were not supported by the government, in other words, the government didn't give them special privileges. They were fine. I have no problem with people working somewhere saying, hey, I don't like what you're doing and walking away. That's fair. That's free enterprise. 
But when you start saying that you can't fire them, that's when they became a problem. Uh, and then the government, everything they touch, it's only it's like what Jim says, unintended consequences. What are they? Um, by the way, r- real quick before Jim has to go, I'm not sure what time it is. Uh, I have to say this real quick. Yesterday I was trying last week. This is going to take 30 seconds. Last week I was trying to egg Jim on with saying that Francis Bacon was the father of positivism. And I knew that he was going to say it was Comte. And that's technically correct. But the seeds were planted with that bacon. But by the way, here's the thing I want to tell you, Jim. I actually pulled it up. It's I, we were in, we were both wrong. It's not Comte and it's not Kant. It's Count. It, it's it's pronounced like Count. Hmm. And I had it played several times. That's the end of that little rant. I'm happy. I'm happy we all learned something today. Yes. Yes, I am too. <laughs> K- K- C-O-M-T-E is, is known as the father of positivism. That's all I was really getting you know at. And I knew that. And I was trying to egg Jim on last week and he never did bite on it. <laughs> yeah. Well, look. I'm not going to bite on this pronunciation argument. <laughs> Sorry. Let's just add this in since we can just add anything in. <laughs> Jonathan, Jonathan Edwards was the, the first president of Yale, and he and his wife were very strong Holy Spirit people when you really read the books about them, and I've read some of them, and she much more than than what he was. They believed in the manifestations of the Spirit of God. Um, It's just incredible the things that they believe. And yet, look where these Ivy League universities are today. And look at how it's even came down in our universities and colleges that we have all these liberal teachers. Well, you know, when when the press covered, and and, and I would say when, when you'd hear the Ivy League people speak, on our new new speaker of the house, um, there is um, you know his name is Michael Johnson. Mm-hmm. All right, Mike and he's Johnson. from Louisiana. From Louisiana, the way that they were cutting him and trying to make him sound dumb was that he was a fundamentalist Christian. Yes, that he had a that he had a covenant marriage. That he was yes. That he wasn't difficult to get. They were using that to make him stupid. So I think when you go on a Yale or a Harvard campus, you're probably afraid to say you're Christian. Oh, he's stupid. How, how did you get in? Well, Johnson doesn't care what they say. And he's more intelligent than any of them. And they can't put him All in right, a box. Somebody's deep breathing has got to stop. Jim's sipping coffee again. Oh, okay. I was moving around. My bad. I'm putting myself on mute. <laughs> <laughs> You're bad as Ben. Here we go. Go ahead. Well, all I want to say is they're not going to be able to put him in a box. And I, I'm I'm going to say this. I believe that he's going to function in that position unlike anybody that we've seen in modern history. I hope I, you're right. I'm kind of wondering, uh, and Jim may be able to comment on this too. I don't want to throw him out there, but I we've talked about apologetics a little bit, and and Christians did such a awful job at that for for so long. But this rise of the new atheist forced Christians to step up their apologetics game and actually give non because God answers answers. Right. So like, I wonder how much longer they're going to be able to use Christianity to say somebody's stupid. Right. Like, cause that is the attack on him. Right. Yes. So, so yes. it's, he's a dumb Christian. How could you believe in this, you know, invisible spaghetti man in the sky? So like, I, I do wonder how much longer they're going to be able to, to make those statements on him or use that against people. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like it, 
there's a there's a book that just came out, and I'm actually I, I got to start reading it soon. I need to I got to finish three other books, and I don't read fast. <laughs> um, not like Jim can't read one in a day, but uh, but yeah, no, like there there actually is. Like I, w- I wonder if that's going to have to if that's going to be something that starts to shift where Christians have more of a I don't know. They're they're not having to rely on scripture to to um, explain their belief in God as much. Not that you shouldn't rely on scripture. I'm not I'm not obviously not saying that. I've been attacked for that. Yeah, well, I think that what you mean is like using scripture in the proper way, because yes. a lot of people look at it as just a book, including atheists. Yes. You know, you have Richard Dawkins, who is a who's supposed to be this really intelligent guy calling the Bible one book. <laughs> and anybody who has just sort of any level of thinking whatsoever knows that that's patently false and also knows that these aren't books written well after the fact. And so it's just one of those things where, yeah, if you know how to use them properly, you know how to engage ancient sources. This is why I think Christians need to jump on that uh, cliche that Christianity is a religion for historians. They need to jump on that because it really is. This is if you know how to read ancient documents then you'll know how to answer common objections by atheists as far as scripture goes. Yep. Do you, do you, yep. do you agree that, that, that people are using, I say people, the, the so-called ruling class and, and so-called intellectual class uses Christianity as a, as a um, marker for stupid? Yes, I, I agree. Hmm. Um, I don't know. Like firsthand experience, no. I think that they see it as incorrect, but they understand that there are many intelligent Christians. And so uh, I would say that whenever you encounter – all right, I was talking to this uh, – talking about this with someone here at seminary. I have more trouble engaging in conversation about Christianity and the legitimacy of it with people who either – just have an undergrad or never went to college at all than with people in the upper tiers of university. So whenever I'm actually talking to people who are, who are professional scholars, I have an easier time talking to them about Christianity than I do about amateurs. Yeah, I do with amateurs. And, and I think the reason is because there are certain things that most intellectuals know not to say as far as, well, that would be kind of idiotic if I said that. Whereas if I'm dealing with an amateur, they don't think it's idiotic to say it. And therefore I'm like, well, I wouldn't have even had had to have come up with a defense for that question in the university, you know, when, during my time around all these uh, different uh, giants who are, who are there. They wouldn't have even thought to ask that question because it, it's kind of idiotic to even think about that question. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. now I'm having to... I'll give you an example of that. It's silliness. When I was working offshore, they, there was a discussion amongst three or four men, younger men, and they were going, I guess if a, if a fly is flying west and there's a train traveling east, when the fly hits the train, it stops and it has to go back the other way. So that train must have stopped at the point it hit that fly. Because, because, yeah, the flies going zero miles per hour, and the train must be going zero miles per hour. Right. It's and you like, got to try okay. to explain that. We're like, that's stupid. Yeah. Like, how, how do I explain that? And so, because, yeah, yeah. So I just have, I just have questions pop up 
where I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't even know where to begin with that level of ignorance, but yeah, sure. <laughs> we could, we could do that. Oh, I told it was that, that it was a frame of reference. The fly was going zero, not the train. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you had a quick answer to that. Because well, no, it took me a while. I think I had to go to bed and think about it. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, it, it sucks because, you know, you you want to be gentle, as a, especially if you're representing Christ and things like that. You don't want to be just a jerk to people. But sometimes you do want to say, you're just idiotic. Like sometimes you want to get that answer, but it's not intelligent and it's not kind. And so you have to figure out you have to figure out another way of addressing a question that you were never thinking about having to address ever in your life. Well, you know, both the both the liberal and the conservative press and and everything in between uh, uses photographs. They pick the photographs that they want to and. To to in order to create the persona that they want that person to have, and and I have noticed that the liberal press is they're they're all on his Christianity, but they're also taking every picture they can with his mouth open, like he's a mouth breather. Mm-hmm. They're, they're making him look stupid, and so I'm telling you that that I bet you you're going to see comedians make fun of him as being stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you're you're seeing that like again. I wouldn't call it journalism. Journalism is like the community adjacent to the intellectual community. They're they're not intellectuals. Yeah, I, I, so, so I, I would ahead. I would yeah I would agree that it's not the it, it, I that that's fine to say that it's not the intellectuals that are going to say he's stupid for being Christians, but the ones that are talking that people are listening to, I think, are going to say he's stupid for being Christian. Mm-hmm. That's that's yeah. more what I and think they're I'm, pretending intellectuals. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah, 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 you think about Jim Acosta, like what a buffoon, right? Like, of uh, course he's going to, I don't know what he's doing now, but yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good way of putting it. They pretend to be intellectuals yeah. and so, but they're not and they don't. Yeah. That's, that's why you have Nicole Hannah Jones trying to rewrite the history of slavery in the United States. It's like, mm-hmm. what are we doing? You know, like you really have, you, you really think you have the guts to do that. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not that you have the guts to do that. You think that you have the brains to do that. Yeah. And she didn't, like, fool, yeah, the, she didn't fool any, sorry. She didn't fool any like intellectual. She didn't fool the historians. She fooled the dumb college yeah. freshmen. And, and she, she, yeah. She fooled the dumb college freshmen. She pissed off the intellectuals. Yeah. Even liberal intellectuals <laughs> okay. were like, she's an idiot. Yes. Okay. So. so the intellectuals then probably are not pro Hamas in this situation in this particular, no, there's no, there is no human, human way, <laughs> humane way. <laughs> Of justifying what the Hamas did, I don't care. I would how- say I would I would say the intellectuals who have the expertise to address the subject are probably not pro Hamas. There, there, there are probably intellectuals who are, have nothing to do with this, like the mathematician Eric Weinstein, who has formed a dogmatic opinion on the subject, and his opinion's wrong. But I would say that if you have a historian who has researched well Palestinian. Uh, Israeli affairs. He's probably even like this is this is bad. I read three and books. So, I've read three books on. Does that make me an expert? <laughs> more than same <laughs> well, probably, as much of an expert as Eric Weinstein. <laughs> yeah. so. uh, well, yeah. You know, I, I, all I can say is that from a very, very just basic, humane, caring for other people, what Hamas did 
cannot be tested. I think anybody that's watched the videos, like that's what the question is. Like, can you watch those videos and still be pro Hamas? Like, that's what that's what we're really that's a, that's what I really think you're asking is is because I think most of those people that are pro Hamas aren't watching torture videos. Like, they're not. I haven't watched those videos. I've heard about them. I'm not going to watch them. That's horrible. I couldn't, like, I, I couldn't I, get five minutes. Yeah, I don't need. I don't need to. I don't. That's one of those things. I don't need to see that to understand it's happening and to understand that's wrong. So, but you gotta, you gotta understand. Like those people are, they, they may even look at some of that as being they, like they thought of ways to hurt people that I would have never thought of doing. Yeah. So the, that's the point. Is like these people probably aren't. I would if they're watching those videos and cheering that on. That is a. I mean, that's a Hitler level of evil. Like that's that's insane. And, and so, but I that may be happening. I don't know, but. I hope it's not like I hope they're I hope it's ignorance and that they'll learn. But if they're if they're that if they're that far gone where they're like cheering on, you know, torture videos, then, yeah, we we're there. That's awful. Like it's awful. OK, so Glenn, Jim's got to leave. Um, do you have anything to say before you go, Jim? Um, no, not really. I think that we've talked this topic pretty much to the potential it could be talked about. Well, I do want to, before it's gone over, you can go when you need to go. Um, but I do want to see now, going back to the Samaritan, we've talked about all these things. Is there something you want to tie back into that before we end the topic? No. I Are you think, talking to me? No, I was talking oh. to Pastor Rich. No, I, I think um, all I was trying to show is that um, Jesus, through that parable, Showed that he's going to come back and his grace is sufficient for those that believe in him and look for his return. And he says he's coming for those that are looking for him. And uh, I think that's all that that was just an entryway into us talking about Israel and Hamas. Okay. Apparently, there were some, just seeing this, there were some mobs of uh, Russian Muslims that were, that, Shouted Aluha Akbar at, at uh, and like hunted down and tried to attack Jews at a airport. I saw a that. flight that. There it is, guys. That's not good. It's bad. The, the same demonic power was working in in Bible days uh, when they worshipped Molech, I believe it was. They would take the babies and they would throw them into a fire. Mm-hmm. They would take babies and throw them into a fire. Mm. Glad we well, on that positive, positive note, I got to get out of here. Yeah, yeah, buddy. We're almost done, too. <laughs> Thanks. All man. right. Appreciate you. It. All right. I'll see you guys. Okay. See you. Right, bye. Glenn, you're going to have fun trying to clean that up. Uh, maybe it won't get cleaned up totally. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was as bad as Ben. <laughs> anyway, I, 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 you know, going going back to, you know, I never know where Jim is going to come from. He always kind of surprises me. Um, this this idea that that these protesters are just blindly saying that this is a symbol of European oppression that they got it from somebody who is a pseudo intellectual uh, and that they haven't read the book they've only heard people talking about the books so they're getting getting it from third hand but what I can't accept is the idea that they are ignorant of the atrocities. I can't accept that. I can't, I can't see how they could possibly not know. I, I, I really do think that if I wasn't in this family, like I, I'm not, it's not like I'm like proud to say this, but I really do think if I wasn't in this family, like I wouldn't, 
have any, I, I have friends that I for sure have no idea what's going on over there. Like they have no, they, they seriously, they may not know that there's a war going on. Like, honest to God, like they may not, they may genuinely not know there's a war going on. Now, if they did, I, I believe they would, they, they would. Well, I mean, but, but these frozen. guys are, I'm talking about the ones at Harvard that, that, that are, are the, the leading or they're the editors of the, of certain magazines on the campus. They are doing that. They, they have got to know of these atrocities. Mm. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. I, I really, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not in their brain, but I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't, if they didn't know these torture videos. Right. I, I think if you went and asked Maddie 50, 50, she would know. They're not looking at, I also don't think they're looking at like the, um, their sources that they're using to, to get news on this probably aren't, aren't the ones that are. Well, yeah, the New York exposed. times won't call them terrorists. Yeah. Yeah. They're not going to call them terrorists and they're probably not going to post the torture videos. So you know what Sarah Hoyt said about that reason they won't call them terrorists is because terrorist is reserved for MAGA. <laughs> yes, that's right. But yeah. I, I'm, so, that's so true. Yeah. Like I, I, I'm, I'm just guessing on all this. Like I, I agree. There's probably, there probably are a couple of those, of those kids, but, I just, I'm just, I know as a, as an 18 year old in a sociology class that, that you're probably going to be, you're, you're probably just going to believe what your moronic professor, I, I, the professors are the ones I'm, I would be more upset with is, is that's the the people that are guiding this that are. And, and their news source, because yeah. we have an information highway. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and I think back and I've, I said this recently. When I was in about uh, sixth grade, I don't know, somewhere, uh, remember when the um, uh, Russia put all the missiles over in Cuba? And I was scared to death. And I was probably, I don't know, eight, nine, ten years old. But there wasn't no information highway back then. And we had antenna on that TV. Three and a half channels. Then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you had to get up and turn it. You had to turn it. And so... I was scared, and there's some things that, that happened to me uh, way back there. I mean, I walked in to my old grandpa, and I said, I said, man, I don't, I don't want to, uh, he was born in 1898, I said, I said, man, I, I don't, I don't want to have to join the army and, 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 and fight, and here's what he told me. He said, <laughs> he said, Chris, don't worry about it. By the time you get of age, there won't be no wars. Hello, Vietnam. <laughs> so, I don't know um, his his thinking in those days. And now, when I look back, I, I can't understand why why he told me that. There's always going to be wars and rumors of wars. I mean, that's biblical. You know, the more Bible that you have, the more Bible you have, the more you understand what's happening. And the more you can see good and evil is at war, it's always been at war. You know, and I, and I realize that anything can be picked apart. But, but you know, the attack on uh, Donald Trump is beyond anything I've ever seen or heard about or read about in our country. Even though it was really, really bad all the way back to Thomas Jefferson and John Adams, you know, the third election. Um, it was very, very bad. But I've never seen an attack on a man like this, where they are just, it's, they, they, they cannot, they have to get him out. Well, don't forget that during his presidency, he had 
all of them at the table and agreed on a peace initiative that would, they would agreed upon. Israel and, and, and Iraq, Iran, all of them had agreed on this. Is that right? Glenn, Glenn's one who knows more about that particular. Uh, Iran never agreed. What's that? Never. Iran never agreed. Iran never did. Okay. Okay. That's why. No, they, they're still in the three no category. Okay. But uh, Saudi Arabia did. Egypt did, right? Saudis did. Yemen. Egypt did. Uh, basically, everybody around them except Iran. Do you think that this war would have even broke out if uh, Donald Trump would have been elected president? I don't. No. Well, why would it? Because uh, the only thing we do know about Donald, maybe, not the only thing, but one of the major things we know is that he did not start a war during his four years. That's right. And uh, so... And he, we have a good indication he would have, you know, and he often said, he goes, yeah, you just got to make him think 10 percent that you do something crazy. Yeah, and exactly. He that's what I've told everybody. <laughs> they were they were afraid to do anything because they figured he was crazy. Well, but, but, but he that, used that because it was in the media. So he just used it. Yeah. He, you know, I, I'd love for a deal maker to be in presidency right now instead right. of the. What we have, yeah. But, but anyway, but back to the point that I'm trying to make is that I've always assumed it was a communist move, and I still do. But I will say that the demonic forces would definitely like to see him out of there because the last thing that the, that that I would, if you believe in Satan, and if you believe in this angelic conflict, and if you believe that there has to be an Israel again, and so that you know, as according to prophecy, that. Satan would want that wiped out if he could get it wiped out. Yeah. He's tried. And you've been, you named them. Don't ever forget the Yom Kippur War, too, was there. You named several. There was that one and in, in 73. I, um, I think that, these, that this war, that, 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 that Nasser is correct. They're never going to stop. I think they're going to go at them until the end of history. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Yes. You know, uh, and, if, and if they do succeed in kicking the Israelis out, then they'll be back someday. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Because that's Bible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, so. and look, Trump. Trump was pro-Israel in that he wanted Jerusalem to be named the yes. capital. Huge, that was a huge thing. Huge thing. A lot of people don't understand how huge that really was. I mean, that is God's chosen city. Yeah. I mean, that is that is that is that. And there, they, they did a resolution years ago. They were going to do it. And none of the presidents would do it. And Donald Trump said, yeah, we'll do it. <laughs> and, and, and they've looked at they've looked at everything about Trump and they've decided that anything. I, I mean, the old saying, you can indict a ham sandwich. Well, that's what they've done to Trump. They've, they've looked at everything in his life and tried to bring him to court over that. They're trying to break the man. Yeah. If you're not praying for him, uh, your your prayers are remiss. You need to make I'll sure. I'll tell you this. It's a demonic attack. Let's just go ahead and say it. It is a demonic attack uh, against a man that was pro-Israel, that was pro-freedom. And our Constitution is, is, is very biblical in the way that it's written. It's written in, in a way that really glorifies God. If you go back and study some of the, the history that's genuine history, <laughs> I mean, that's the problem. Well, I appreciate you guys. I do, and I think you your your verse was very good. I had not thought of the of the Samaritan uh, parable in that way, um, and that and that was good. And Doc, thank you. 
Well, you always keep us grounded. That's what I'm here for. I'm an idiot. So <laughs> I'm the dumbest of all of you. Yeah. I'm just. <laughs> and Glenn, appreciate you. Um, you're, 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 you know, everything you bring to the program. And I, I've got to tell you that we're going to be changing the name from James' perspective to the Think Center. We are. <laughs> I don't think that's a good idea, yeah, <laughs> You don't want to be the think center? <laughs> well, all I'll tell you is that came from this. They bought Glenn and bought a new computer to put here so it's dedicated. We don't have to keep taking my computer try to reset it every single time. Yeah. And the name of the computer is the think center. I'm sitting here looking at it. Hmm. So I thought he was hinting that he wanted to change change the name of the podcast. No, I did not. That's all. That's all. Glenn's wrong if he did anything. Well, I think if I went to PJs, that I could become a think center. Well, I will say that you could drive insights like you've never seen in an environment that is super Christian friendly. I might add, and uh, also super, uh, you know non-judgmental about uh, the Jewish population. Uh, I don't know how to put that really. Sorry. should have said that different, but basically not judgmental at all, but, you know, everyone's welcome. Uh, and we don't discriminate on anybody. By the way, so, by the way, I got to interrupt your commercial. Israel uh, accepts anybody. They do not kick Palestinians out. There's no, there's no truth to no. that. All right. So that's the same way at PJ's Coffee. Yeah, we're just like, we're like Israel in that way. Uh, and uh, anyway, if you want to have a serene environment to enjoy whatever thoughts you want to have and really learn and understand your reading, if you want to read, if you want to get on the Internet, anything you want to do, and you'll have delicious coffee, wonderful boosted teas, all natural Red Bull, and of course, Delicious pastries, breakfast sandwiches, lunch sandwiches, and zap chips. So come on down to the PJs in Hot, Louisiana. So you can actually eat lunch at PJs. Oh, baby, you betcha. What is, uh, uh, real quick, what does all natural Red Bull mean? That is his joke. It's a standing okay. joke. Thank God. It's all natural. Red Bull is totally all natural. <laughs> Don't you guys know that? It comes from it's God. It's a natural product. By the way, Pastor Chris thought I was saying think center, S-I-N-N-E-R. I was saying think center. So we want to make sure we got that clarified. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Appreciate you guys listening. We will be back tomorrow with more secular podcast fun. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.